I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Mark Porras and this is Straight Talk. Hi guys, on today's Straight Talk, I've got a very quick episode for you because it's shorter time. I'm really lucky we've got the Federal Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, who's going to come on to Straight Talk and tell us about his views on the economy going forward. We're going to talk a little bit about the Doherty Institute report, etc. There's a whole lot of good stuff. So it's time for No Bullshit with the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, welcome to an episode of Straight Talk, mate. Thanks very much for coming on at this busy time of yours. Great to be with you, Mark, and all your viewers. So I, I want to cut through all the crap. So we have got Doherty Institute, uh, or recommendation, as I should say, being adopted by National Cabinet, which is state governments and premiers and, and of course, our, our Prime Minister in, uh, in a national cabinet environment. Um, we are looking towards... Yeah, let's call it freedom or just reopening day or, or a, a series of reopening days or with restrictions, et cetera, by state. Um, how important is it for us, and you're the treasurer, how important is it for this country to reopen as soon as possible under the conditions that has all been agreed in National Cabinet? It's extremely important we reopen in a safe way and in accordance with that plan, Mark, that was agreed at National Cabinet by the premiers, the chief minister, Chief Ministers and the Prime Minister. It's based on the best medical advice, Doherty modelling, that says at 70% and 80% vaccination rates, we'll actually see the transmissibility of the virus reduce. We'll actually see the numbers of people who get seriously sick reduce and we can live safely with COVID. And I think that's a really important point, is that you can't eliminate this virus. No country in the world has done so. Even with the uh, the vaccines that we have, you can't eliminate the virus. We have to learn to live with it. And as Australia's been learning to live, for example, with influenza, we have 200,000 cases a year of influenza, 600 tragic deaths as a result, but we don't shut down our economy because of it. And so therefore, for our economy's sake, but also for the well-being of the community, we do need to reopen consistent with that plan. What I'm getting from this, and I've, I've watched a whole lot of stuff you've been putting up lately, um, it's become an important narrative. Uh, I see our New South Wales Premier starting to use the same narrative. It's a very important narrative. It's as you're being very strident about it. What I think is fantastic is the PM, I don't know whether it was negotiated. I don't, we don't know, I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know if it was negotiated, but he got him at 70 and 80. He didn't sort of get stuck on 80, which is Doherty's outcome for people over the age of 16. So it's not what Grattan has been indicating. Grattan's been saying, oh, well, yeah, but 70 or 80 is not like uh, 70 or 80% of the total population, which includes young kids. Okay. I think, and I, I don't want to, I think it's been undersold. I think our 
PM at National Cabinet has done a brilliant job of negotiating some terms for opening as soon as safely possible. That's what I think. And I know we're going to get some, you know, a little bit of pushback on that and people are going to say, oh, Boris, what's wrong with you being irresponsible? I don't care. We've got to open and we've got to find some foundations, like you you just said, to open against. What happens if we don't realistically? Well, what happens when we do is that we will have some people who get sick and we will have some tragic deaths, but we can't live in lockdown forever. We can't live with our borders closed forever. The economy can't afford the level of economic support that's been currently being provided forever. And therefore, we have to adjust. And we're going to adjust based on the best medical advice and we're going to adjust based on a plan, as you say, that the Prime Minister led National Cabinet to agree to. Uh, And for small business, you know, the backbone of the economy, employing around 8 million Australians, 3.5 million small businesses, they need the hope that the plan gives them. Um, they, they didn't go into small business to get a cheque every month from the government. They went into small business to build something that's bigger than themselves. And the level of anxiety as well as economic harm that's been caused, obviously, by lockdowns is pretty severe. And so we've got to give them hope and that's what the plan does. It's sort of interesting to see the federal treasurer acknowledging, and I'm I know you're not a psychiatrist, although I think you might have some psychiatry in your – someone in your Mom's family might have been a psychiatrist. Mum's a psychiatrist. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, but that's interesting because in a sense that's important for us small business owners that you in the government, in your powerful position as treasurer alongside the PM, get it. You get – finally someone is recognising the anxiety and stress that the small business community across the country is experiencing And I know there's been a massive public health issue. I get it and I get the state governments have been confronted with this and they've had to scramble and work out ways around it, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But what's important is that treasurers, people in power, are now getting up and talking about the anxiety. We can't keep going on these forever. And you're right, you know, business owners don't want handouts. We want to be standing on our own two feet. And and think about all those kids who have missed... At time in the classroom. I know, for example, in Melbourne, my own state, uh, in Victoria, that we've had more than 200 days in lockdown. And I've got a, a local GP in my electorate who's talked about having to give antidepressants to kids as young as 12. Uh, and when, you know, you know how important the year 12, when you do your year 12 is. Uh, and for many of those kids last year, they didn't spend much time in the classroom. This year, it's been equally so. And that is taking a big part of their education uh, away from them. And now, of course, we've got to be driven by the health outcomes. But my point is avoiding COVID is not the only health outcome that needs to be factored into our decision-making. You've also got to be thinking about that mental health burden. And for small businesses, as you know, they care not just about themselves, but they often treat their staff as their family. And so their anxiety is not just for their business, but also for their staff as well. I saw something you talked about this week and and it's an extension or or it's a a loosening, if if I could use that word, of the SME, the Small to Medium Enterprise Loan Recovery Scheme. Can you just quickly explain to our consumers and our our, our audience what that means? So since the start of the pandemic, we've put a lot of measures in place to support small business, whether they're regulatory or whether they're a fiscal response. One of them has been that we've offered 
small and medium-sized enterprises loans of up to $5 million for up to 10 years' duration with up to the first two years being repayment-free. The interest capitalises, but there's no repayments due in those first two years if that's the arrangement you reach with your bank. Up to now, you could only be eligible for that program if you were on JobKeeper in the March quarter. We've now removed that requirement and that will mean more businesses will get greater access to finance and more businesses will get access to lower cost finance. This program already has supported more than 70,000 loans, Mark, worth more than $6 billion. So it's been a, a successful program, but COSBOA has warmly received it, Aki has warmly received it, and they say it will be essential to small businesses in rebuilding and reopening on the other side of COVID. And for our audience, Cosboa is the Council of Small Business Australia. It's like a, it's like a, an, an organisation who looks yes. up small businesses, an industry body. I just want to quickly talk about something that's very important. It's quite possible um, due to the lockdowns, it's quite possible, in fact, maybe probable, that we might have a pretty ordinary GDP number and, of course, the media is going to go nuts about it and they're going to start talking about, oh, is there going to be a recession, two negative quarters in a row, et cetera. This happened this time last year. You know, we had a dip in our growth, but the recovery that sort of we experienced in January, February, March, April, May, from my point of view, I was saying to people, this was a one in 20 year event, the recovery. I've never seen activity as I had seen it at the beginning of this calendar year. And I reckon it would have kept going if this um, Delta variant hadn't hit us up. My gut feeling is, and I think this is probably, hopefully this is what the government's thinking, and I'm saying this all small, is get ready for this. I think if we open up again and we have controls that are in a safe environment, the recovery will be immense because the demand is pent up, ridiculously pent up, irrespective of whether we get to more negative months of growth. Well, certainly past experience in Australia during this pandemic has been that the economy bounces back strongly. I mean, in the back half of last year, Mark, we saw the strongest growth in over 50 years. Uh, We've seen the unemployment rate uh, fall to 4.6%, which is a... 12-year low, and even after the end of JobKeeper, you saw more and more people get into work. Interestingly, Australia, ahead of any other advanced economy, saw its economy become bigger now than it was going into the pandemic. We saw more people in work now than going into the pandemic. The United States, in comparison, have employment levels that are still 4% below what they were going into the pandemic. So our performance in the labour market in terms of economic growth has been very strong. Now, you're right that the September quarter will be challenging. Treasury tell me the expectation is that that will see a contraction of at least 2% in the September quarter. As for the December quarter, it's certainly too early to say, but if we open up in accordance with the 70 and 80% targets, I'm confident the economy will bounce back strongly. Why is that? Firstly, as you say, household consumption drives demand and drives more economic activity. And we know that there's some $290 billion that's been accumulated on household and business balance sheets today that was not there this time last year. When restrictions get eased, the savings ratio comes down and people spend and that drives economic activity. We also know that business investment, and we saw some numbers just yesterday come out, um, is 
very strong off the back of our immediate expensing initiative. So in the June quarter, we saw 4.4% increase in machinery and equipment um, expenditure, but in non-mining business investment, we saw a 6% increase and a 15% increase through the year, which is the best result in over 13 years. Home Builder has supported the construction sector and it's got a strong pipeline of activity. There's still heavy demand for our exports and we had a the largest trade surplus on record uh, in, the, uh, in June. Um, so I'm confident, Mark, that the fundamentals of the economy are strong and consumer confidence today is still higher than it was at the height of the pandemic last year. And as you know, monetary policy with a cash rate of 10 basis points is highly accommodative. So that combination of our fiscal support, that combination of monetary policy being um, accommodative, I think uh, augurs well for the bounce back once restrictions ease. I might just, um, with the gross respect, put that back in a bit more plain English, uh, uh, Josh, because you're talking as a treasurer. But I think what the treasurer is talking about here is the fundamentals of Australia still remain. And it's one of the reasons why Absolutely. we don't perform Absolutely. most economies in the world for the last 30 years. We have an extraordinarily strong balance sheet, relatively speaking, to everyone in the world. Yeah, that, That's the country, national balance sheet and state balance sheet in New South Wales at least, I know that for sure. Still AAA rated. Agencies aren't really indicating anything else at this stage. That's the first thing. Second thing is we have a government who has a preparedness to put their shoulder behind the wheel with fiscal policy. In other words, you know, tax reductions that we're working towards. Um, we've already had tax reductions, but we've got lots more tax reductions coming. You've talked about the $150,000 uh, incentive, which was was very strong in the June quarter, whereby you get a tax write-off for spending money up to one hundred fifty grand on on your business. Um, you're talking about um, uh, low interest rate environment. We still have a low interest rate. Our Reserve Bank is being extraordinary. I mean, uh, our Reserve Bank governor and, and everyone in the Reserve Bank have been extraordinary managing our position, relatively speaking, and have actually told us that we still can look forward to have really cheap interest rates for the next four years, you know, the next three and a half years at least. That's enough time to recover. So Australia is well positioned. And one thing is when you say our balance sheets have improved, what I think what the Treasurer is saying is um, during these periods that we're just experiencing now, we tend to save our money because for a whole lot of reasons, we just don't spend as much. We could be not, we're not going out as much, we're not going on holidays. There's a whole series of reasons. I'm sure someone can do the analytics on it. But the point is we still have demand for haircuts, beauticians, holidays, gifts, travel, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's we, just you, Mark, and that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I'm doing my best to keep the economy going. Don't worry, I, I haven't stopped. But we have the fundamentals existing here in this country and unemployment is going to be is still low, relatively speaking, to the rest of the world. And it's, it's actually low relative to our own numbers. Yeah. So all our fundamentals are right. Yeah, it's better than our forecasts. And, you know, Australians are inherently optimistic and yeah. our economy I think has performed very well through the most challenging times. And, you know, people have to put what we've gone through with COVID into perspective, Mark. I mean, this has been the biggest economic shock since the Great Depression. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've seen not just impacts on the demand side where, um, you know, people obviously can't go out and spend, but also on the supply side, everything's been closed. Um, and so it's been quite a remarkable period, and I'm really proud of the way Australians have responded. These economic numbers don't belong to the government. They belong to the Australian people. And everyone has contributed to that bounce back. 
and we will get through these current lockdowns in New South Wales and Victoria. We will reopen. Uh, we will stick to the plan. And I'm looking to Australia's economy for a pretty bright future ahead. Yeah, I can easily get criticised. I'm going to say it straight up anyway. I'm a Josh Weidenberg fan, so I'll make it straight out there, okay? I think he's doing it not because of any particular reason. He's just doing a bloody good job and he, as in a very difficult environment, all new, all novel, untested, um, and, and sure, people make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And I'm sure the, the PM and the Treasurer would say, yeah, we could have did that, done that better or done this better. But let's look forward. So looking forward, we've got to look forward. We've got to, look, we've got to work on the assumption that things will be okay. If we work on the assumption that things are going to be dreadful, there's just no point doing anything. You've got to work on the assumption that we can get it right. Absolutely. Like, as you say. But what is killing me is that some of the you know people in authority in various states a sort of playing a bit of politics, you know, um, and I, you've been pretty forthright about this. Um, yeah. And tell me, what's the deal? Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand why we're all Australians. We might have separate states. We're all Australians. We're all trying to get one outcome. Why is that happening? Well, the first thing is our constitution uh, gives the states the authority over those public health orders. Um, but obviously, as a federal government, um, we're picking up the bill for a lot of these decisions, mm. you know, whether it was JobKeeper or the cash flow boost or um, the $750 payments to, to pensioners, carers, veterans. Uh, we've been picking up that bill just as we are right now. I mean, we've got a COVID disaster payment, Mark, that's going out to people who've lost hours of work, you know, $750 a week. We've put more than $4 billion out since July for just that program. So we'll continue to meet the economic um, the economic support payments um, that we've outlined. Um, but right now, the best thing that could happen for the country is that the states and the territories, together with the federal government, agree to stick to the plan. And that is really, really important because your listeners, viewers today, they need hope. They need hope which you get from knowing that your economy will open up. And we've been there to support them and we'll continue to, you know, to provide um, support in many different ways, but they need hope and that's what the plan gives them. They need hope and with hope we can have some certainty and with certainty we can start to invest and we get out, we'll go out and we'll spend. Because if it's not 70 and 80%, Mark, well, what number is it? If it's not 70 and 80%, yes. when do the schools reopen? When do the businesses reopen? When do you go to the funerals and the weddings of loved ones? When do you travel more freely in your own country? You see, people are turning on the TV and they look at Wembley or they look at Dodgers Stadium and it's full of people. And they know in Europe people are going about their normal lives. Um, in Australia, um, that's coming our way. But we just need to hit to these 70 and 80% targets. And the great news is... Australians are rolling up their sleeves and getting the jab in record numbers. So people are absolutely focused on getting vaccinated as their way out of this crisis. Well, I hope that I can uh, have a beer with you in December or sometime down in Canberra or down in Melbourne. Sounds good. And uh, as a result of Australia opening up and uh, 
and and hopefully uh, you and I and PM for, for his Cronulla Sharks can go and watch your team, Melbourne Storm, his team, the Sharks, my team, the Roosters. <laughs> We're all sort of around about there. I mean, if anything's going to happen, Melbourne Storm is probably a odds-on favourite to uh, get into the grand final. No doubt uh, you won't be able to go and see it because it's <laughs> going to be up in Queensland, but maybe next year. All the best, Treasurer. I really appreciate I know you're on a time limit here. I really appreciate your time and thanks for your really positive um, and uh, constructive view on things. And by the way, thanks for your forthrightness. Well, thanks, Mark. And can I just say thanks to all your your followers on the on the call today. As small business people, they're the backbone of the economy, and we deeply appreciate what they do, not just for the economy, but for their local communities. We've been there to support them. We'll continue to be there to support them. And when when we open up in a safe way, they will grow and they'll be stronger on the other side. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So very, very big thank you to all those small business owners and staff who are on the call today. Josh Freiberg, thanks very much. See you soon, mate. Thanks for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. This is a mentored podcast. 